Minutes from Latvia with Mike Collier. Well, welcome back to Minutes from Latvia. We almost forgot the name of the podcast itself. Um, recorded here in the fine uh, Latvian radio building, approximately every two weeks. Uh, this week, it was there was almost a month gap because I did have a guest lined up. And I'm not going to hide it from the uh, loyal listeners out there, but owing to Christmas diary collisions and various other forms of nonsense, uh, he wasn't there when I thought he'd be there. So I came into the building to cancel the podcast. But luckily on the way, I, f I saw an alternative candidate who was kind enough to come in and as a sort of super substitute and talk to me for a few minutes so that I can get my requisite number of podcasts in uh, before the end of the year. That individual is none other than Mr. Edgars Raginskis. Uh, welcome to the pod, Edgars. It's my pleasure, Mike. I'm guessing this isn't the first time you've been into this micro-studio, seeing as you work about 50 meters down the corridor. Oh, what memories does the studio bring back? I have been Vladimir Putin in here and uh, Barack Obama. Luckily, not Angela Merkel, because uh, sometimes I do the voiceovers for their <laughs> interviews, which are done or taken from another uh, radio stations all around the Europe. That's quite interesting. I'd never considered that, because you speak really, really good English. Thank you. It's entirely possible that you will be asked to read something out and maybe, you know, it's a speech by Obama or, or Putin and you will think, actually, this isn't a very good translation. Are you tempted to change things yourself in that case? Well, sometimes I do a little bit, not uh, to change the meaning of the words, but maybe syntaxes or some other aspects of the written speech, but it's normal. We colleagues, we uh, tend to take such liberties with uh, the material which has been done by our fellows. So if you're Putin, do you try to ape his delivery or do you try to make him sound even more evil than he is? Or? Come on, I'm not trying to make an international scandal. I don't want to be responsible for uh, anything whichever might go south. No, not on my watch. We wouldn't want watch. it to be interpreted as satire or anything. Yeah, no, I no, think no there we would wouldn't be, want satire here in there could, be, there could be some room for so, someone to really ham it up. I mean, I, I'm a big fan, as you know, of um, Latvian radio theatre. Oh, you would uh, you are indeed. And I love the way that they really go for it with the over overacting. But I think we should keep them away from uh, speeches by Putin and their transcripts and translations as well. Well, maybe I'm not sure. I think maybe me. the general current of news at the moment is that that's the way we're heading. So maybe we could get ahead of the curve and just dramatize everything. Well, Mike, I hold your horses. 2017 is coming and we know full well who will be the president of United States. And this certain person... Uh, with his orange agenda will most likely de provide us with such ample uh, satire material we won't need uh, exaggeration as such. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a problem actually for satirists because you're, you're usually supposed to latch onto something, uh, emphasize it, magnify Amplify. it. You can't magnify him. All you can do is, is sort of reductio ad absurdum and try and... Uh, but that just makes him look more normal. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's a, going to be a very challenging year. I mean, everyone seems to be... The assumption is that uh, 
Trump's going to be great for comedy and great for satire, but it's not. It's mm. going to be exactly the opposite. The best people to satirize are people who appear to be very, very boring and introverted. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have seen this trend or maybe this shift uh, with uh, late night uh, hosts uh, from the uh, American TV shows like uh, Seth Meyers, Stephen Colbert, uh, Trevor Noah, they all seem a little bit lost. They still yeah. seem lost uh, more than a month after the election in the United States. They were caught off guard, caught by surprise and uh, terrified, and they still are, and they are genuinely terrified. This is the strange thing, which I, well, not strange, but uh, worrying thing I observe. So yeah, so yeah, it seems to be. It strikes me as it's a bit like watching, say, you know, a soccer match where you've got uh, a professional team versus a load of rank amateurs right there's not actually any achievement in scoring the goal in those circumstances you know if, if something is if a match is 10 nil at half time it's not worth watching you don't, you need a certain sort of uh difficulty in in hitting the goal you know in order for it to be a worthwhile goal i think the difficulty for the professional soccer team would be if the amateurs would be handed like baseball bats <laughs> they can bash <laughs> the kneecaps of the professionals with we've got another format uh, i think that's another format which is probably going to be uh, appearing on our tv screen i soon, think this sort of running man for <laughs> yeah real. exactly such sporting activities will soon probably uh, dominate the television screens and this is one way in which the minute budget which I think we can testify to at uh, Latvian TV and Latvian Radio, could play into our advantage because we won't be able to put these uh, massive extravaganzas of uh, uh, gore and ultraviolence on. <laughs> and how good for the ratings those things would be. I don't. I, I mean the adaptations, localizations, not necessarily those extravaganzas. You keep true, true. Mind. We could do a low-budget version, just sort of yes, kick yes. someone out into the forest of and course. see how People long they last. People are very eager. Getting back to you... Okay. It's probably, I mean, we've been rabbiting on here for about 10 minutes already, but it's probably worthwhile you telling us who exactly you are, um, because you're a man of many talents, not least of which is as a composer. Yeah, I'm man of multiple personalities trying to be squeezed in one person called Edgar Straginskis. First and foremost, I'm a composer, a musician. I write both academic music and since not long ago also something less academic, maybe even popular music. I work uh, at the Latvian radio since uh, 2006, I believe, so it was my anniversary this year, and uh, it's 11th year already. Has Congratulations. Started. Yeah, thanks a lot, and um, I am very proud journalist of Latvian Radio 3 Classica, and I sincerely think that uh, Latvian Radio is uh, one of the last bastions of uh, free speech and unbiased reporting in Latvia in the current very, very complicated uh, circumstances. Yeah, I mean, at, at risk of blowing our own trumpet, um, I very much agree. I listen to uh, Radio 3 uh, a lot. Uh, also, the other stations, you know, 1 and 2. Um, I don't listen to 4 because my Russian is, is, is yeah, yeah, too no, bad. No. But I do think maybe we often uh, these days overlook the importance of radio, uh, not only to you know, older people, people who have it on in the background, but as a medium which actually forces you to think because things aren't presented 
in front of your eyes. You can't just look at them. Yes, there I mean, is you a do certain element of to imagination, yeah. and involvement, uh, intellectual involvement. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely meant the Latvian radio as an organization, uh, uh, as such a whole organization. I am very proud of each and every channel, including uh, Latvian Radio 5 and Latvian Radio 6 uh, uh, and uh, their work. So yes, I'm a journalist and I'm also a TV presenter at the Latvian Television Culture News, which is a weekly, no, I think a daily show, yes, at, or no, maybe it's a segment of uh, daily news, exactly. That's the precise formulation. And at this point, that does remind me of how we originally met. Uh, you were working on the <laughs> yes. TV. Uh, I was covering the European Film Awards, which were taking And someone place. told me, oh, interview him. Yes, that's Michael. Yeah, and he knows things. And uh, I sincerely asked you, what do you think about this European Film Award ceremony? And you surprised me with a frank answer. <laughs> yeah, I said I was not particularly, <laughs> not particularly impressed. Um, but I, it has haunted me that moment because I did my best to resist uh, going on TV and uh, giving my opinion. But you sprang a question on me, which was, uh, because um, it was Ingmar Bergman's widow was um, one of the yes. sort of uh, chief, Ullmann, chief yes. attractions, Liv Ullmann, yeah, uh, great actress that night. And you suddenly sprang on me the question, so what's your favorite Ingmar Bergman film? And my mind raced, of course, and uh, to my eternal disappointment i said the seventh seal but then that's everyone's favorite and then i immediately mm. said well thought well, why didn't i say wild strawberries or something i would have sounded so much more intelligent much more intellectual and original of course yeah but it was a partisan question and a trick question as well yeah it was a good one and i that the other reason why that night uh, lives long in the memory was it was the best catering that's ever been provided to journalists yes. in my 10 years here in latvia it was absolutely wonderful <laughs> But getting back to your <laughs> podcast and its central focus, so what are the subjects you would like to uh, cover this time? Well, uh, we what, I'm explaining the format on air, which I, I'm, I'm sure You're my, very my good at uh, that. Uh, listeners, uh, both of them, are quite familiar with. Has there been anything in the news which has uh, taken your eye recently? We've got about another five or six minutes to discuss this before <laughs> we move on to your selected topic, which I have selected for you. Okay. Wonderful. So what's, what's taking your eye in the news in Latvia at the moment? I'm trying to take my eye off uh, so certain news in Latvia and uh, also abroad in Latvia. Latvia, it, uh, of course, has been this uh, question, which has been the hot potato. Of this the is the, the, the tax rate for so-called micro-businesses, which are typically mm. single or two or three uh, people operations, which uh, they rather than paying social contributions, they pay a tax rate from which social contributions are taken. And it's actually been quite successful in stimulating lots of businesses to open up. Yeah, um, but there's at some, the same time, it's a good scheme for... Yeah, not entirely honest uh, exactly. accountancy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that people may be, say, splitting up a larger company into several sub-companies so mm -hmm. that they can benefit from this. So I'm actually uh, quite eager to know which way is this thing going, because my girlfriend is... Uh, um, she, she uses this uh, tax model and she is not a crook, but she might be in a disadvantageous position if they cut this program altogether. But uh, on the other hand, if they don't uh, want to keep this uh, model of tax, uh, please, our wonderful government should provide another uh, honest 
model for the small businesses and one person or two person businesses to develop otherwise in such a small economy as latvia is uh, we will see further stagnation and further gray areas of the tax i mean i need system. to declare an interest as well and i have a micro business as well um and it's been very very good i mean it's a, a nice simple system it's becoming more complicated in that there'll be two rates of tax uh, applicable, one at 12%, one at 15%, mm -hmm. according to the turnover of the company. I guess, and the changes are supposed to come in at the beginning of January, and so people have very little time to prepare or to work out their sums as to, you know, are they going to have to lay people off? Something I think we might see is perhaps, because there's also a new program for startup businesses, which is mm -hmm. a big trendy thing, Maybe quite a few people might be closing down their micro businesses and then trying to open them up as startups, which, which you can get co-funding for as well, provided they meet certain mm -hmm. certain criteria. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be a trend worth watching next year. Maybe. Uh, and uh, wrapping things up, I am still following uh, those uh, news about the fake news, which again, kudos to Janis Puolis, uh, who uncovered certain uh, fake news sites here in Latvia, and I uh, think it is a major problem. It's uh, more than just a curiosity and more just an amusement for the uh, regular internet goers, because um, defaming and devaluating and maybe saying uh, unsubstantiated and not nice things about uh, our own country is uh, is a dangerous trend uh, not just because it somehow demeans uh, our state which uh, my parents fought for <laughs> and many others as well but uh, it provides fertile soil for uh, misinformation campaign uh, probably led by certain uh, our big neighbor in uh, east mm. unnamed yeah so uh, what i'm uh, referring to is we should criticize our uh, rulers our government uh, our parliament but uh, we should keep in mind that most of those people they really try their best they may not be always competent and this is another point of concern but we should maybe uh, both uh, control them and uh, encourage them to do a better job. Yeah, well, I think obviously the, the fake news phenomenon, ironically, is big news itself. And yes. it seems to be you know, pr promoting a sort of feeding frenzy amongst media. But on the positive side, I think it does make media ask some very serious questions about itself, about its own role, and also about the audience and what you're prepared to do to attract an audience and what you're not prepared to do and whether you trust the audience enough to follow you if you make a decision that you're not just going to go for the clicks. Yes. Um, I know something that we've talked about before and which maybe we could mention now is what uh, Peter Pomerantsev calls a postmodernist theatre of politics in Russia and the way that this seems to be spreading to other countries as well with the Trump phenomenon and yes. you know the influence of uh, Vladislav Surkov. And yes, Surkov's ideas, uh, who uh, we can remind our listeners, comes from the environment of contemporary art, uh, are very extremely popular in the Putin's Russia and combined with uh, the means of 21st century with all the uh, content analysis and trends 
sound analysis and click analysis sites, uh, uh, it is a very, very dangerous tool because uh, some people speculate, and I think with certain grounds to that, uh, Trump's campaign to a large amount uh, won just because uh, people's habits were so well analyzed and they were so precisely targeted and also fed with a certain type of content, Mm. also fake content, that uh, it was uh, almost impossible for them not to vote Trump. And uh, Trump is just one, and I'm afraid, only first example of uh, what's about to come. Yeah, and you know, there does seem to be that no one is held uh, accountable, or no, it doesn't seem to be a contradiction anymore that you can be a Democrat in the morning and authoritarian in the afternoon. No, you, people... can, you can give money to civil liberties groups, you can give money to extreme hate groups, and create this aura of uncertainty, of not really knowing what's going on. And I think what will maybe be the next step is not really caring what's going on. And I think that's the really dangerous item when when no one really cares anymore. And you say, well, look, I've had enough of this uncertainty. You're the ruler. You just rule. You get on with it and leave me to leave my daily life. I don't care what you do just as long as you don't bother me. That reminds me of the movie called Network from 1975, uh, which uh, also at a certain moment, one of the protagonists, uh, he makes this claim about certain people who uh, want to be left alone and then he exclaims uh, the famous words but I don't want you to be left alone I want you to get mad I want you to get angry because it's not normal that so many people in a peace time can be slaughtered. It's not normal. Then and that's Peter Finch, the famous, like, I'm mad as hell and I'm yeah, not going to take it anymore. Exactly, yes. You, you have to get involved and to this uh, extent I absolutely agree with him. It's hard in the post-socialist society to involve people because they're very disenchanted. With We didn't got, get democracy, we got uh, very cruel capitalism in its most vulgar and vulturous form. So, Well, if we're, if we're mentioning uh, films which reflect this as well, one that I would mention is a fairly obscure British film from, uh, I think, 1971 called The Rise and Rise of Michael Rimmer which uh, was written by John Cleese and Graham Chapman and uh, features um, Peter Cook in the Mm -hmm. lead. And what happens there is that a guy who's very much like a Surkov sort of figure, he comes from the world of public relations and from research, sort of, you know, uh, doing polls and things. Uh, So very much ahead of his time starts to ask people, you know, what they really want. And, and he becomes involved in politics. And it yes. ends up with, he, he gains power and on the basis that it'll be brilliant democracy because he will call referendums on absolutely everything. So you have people, you know, working class family in their front room are voting on whether the uh, interest rate should be changed or whether we should have forces in some obscure country. And mm-hmm. people get so fed up with having to vote on absolutely everything that they hand him total power and he becomes a, a perfect dictator. And with so many referenda and these sort of landmark votes happening uh 
every, you know, it seems every month now. I mean, we had Italy, uh, the vote there just happening. We had Brexit earlier on. It really does put me in mind of this where, you know, we're, we're told that this is great democracy because we're having votes on everything. But what we're actually doing is perhaps voting away our democracy piece by piece. Anyway, on that happy note, we'll take our break and we'll come back and maybe talk about things a little bit more cultural and musical in a moment. Minutes from Latvia with Mike Collier. Well, welcome back to this improvised Minutes from Latvia podcast with uh, me, Mike Collier, and my guest, Edgar Zriginskis. Hello. Uh, we're going to be talking more about music in this half of the podcast. Um, last year, I went into the Dom Cathedral here just across the road from where we're sitting now in the Latvian radio building, and saw a piece by yourself, which was accompanied by quite impressive cinema projections, light projections, and it was one of the... I don't know. It was it was very touching. It was sort of very dignified. It seemed it seemed that it had found its setting, because this piece was all about churches, or rather, it was about several different churches. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about this project and how it came about. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are talking about the last year's uh, concert at the Dome Cathedral on December one, which was. Uh, a certain uh, stopping point or maybe beginning uh, for my musical endeavors. Well, uh, keeping in mind that uh, in 2018 we are all merrily and happily celebrating uh, our centennial anniversary of uh, Latvian Republic, which is all nice and fine, I wanted to make up a build-up. Uh, project or maybe um, a project which would not necessarily focus on uh, this uh, date 2018 but focus on uh, certain places in Latvia because as Latvia is such uh, well geographically small country uh, I feel that each and every place each small town and maybe village uh, has uh, a great uh, cultural uh, imprint in uh, or the cultural map or societal map uh, of Latvia. So I decided that I will dedicate uh, a musical piece to a certain church in each historical district in Latvia. Uh, it makes up for four churches and I will make uh, some sort of celebration in uh, their Older Brothers uh, house in uh, Old Riga, uh, meaning Riga Dome Cathedral. I ended up writing a musical piece for Rubene, uh, Protestant church, for Viljaka, uh, Catholic church, for Bauska, Lutheran church, and also for Kuldiga St. Anne, uh, Lutheran church. Um, the main idea was... Uh, the organist and uh, this magnificent majestic instrument uh, with uh, infinite possibilities of uh, temporal nuances and uh, uh, surprising sounds for both seasoned and uh, unexpected uh, ears and uh, i also added uh, a 
baritone saxophone, which is the lowest of them all, which sounds really, really deep. I added violoncello and a uh, human voice, a female voice. Um, Biro Tozolini was singing, Carlis Klotinch from Sinfonietta Riga string, uh, Chamber Orchestra was playing cello, and uh, Arvids Kozlowsks, who is both a musician at uh, Professional Orchestra Riga and a professor at Latvian Music Academy, was playing saxophone. And also the musical uh, electronic intermediums or maybe interludes mm. by my colleague with pseudonym Oyars. He is well known also abroad with this pseudonym, but his name is Arvid Saulidis. He, he made very interesting pathways from one piece to another. And also, uh, when I write a piece about or for a certain church, I keep in mind that most of the attendees at uh, the church where I am presenting this concert won't be familiar with uh, the location. So I ended up going to those four churches, recording the panoramic uh, and picturesque outside and also uh, the interior. So uh, it was very blissful for me and I hope it was quite interesting for the listeners. And the good thing is uh, I'm not just uh, emptily advertising what a great guy I am or I'm not and uh, telling you what I did because you could uh, full well and uh, understandably say, so what? So you can go online uh, and visit a certain video site called YouTube and uh, there, uh, with the name Satikshanas Erdelis Meditatia, or Meeting Point Organ Meditation, you would be uh, able to listen to this piece. And the central star of this performance, no doubt, is uh, our wonderful organist Lena Andreta Kaltsima. And I still, to a certain degree, uh, live in the memories of this occasion, which was important for me because I'm currently 32 years old. I was 31 that uh, year, and uh, it was my first uh, full-time, full-scale, 15-minute uh, music evening. So uh, it, it was a boost for my musical output. And now mm. I'm... Because for last years, I'm, I have mainly focused my attention to writing theatrical music, and I'm being, uh, uh, well, uh, honest and I'm being loving to this uh, direction, I will still keep making theatrical music. But uh, apart from that, uh, next year I'm going to uh, let out a few musical programs of which uh, first would most likely be interesting to our young listeners, who maybe are not even listening, but their parents are. I wrote a song cycle by a famous Latvian poet who is unfortunately no longer with us, but he was a very, very good friend of children and uh, nature. His name was Janis Baltvilks. So um, his uh, poems I have put to a female voice, Madara Botmane is the person who is starring in this program. I'm accompanying her on piano and keyboards, and uh, the saxophone player is uh, aforementioned uh, Arvids Kozlowsks. First concert is already uh, in set place and in time. It's in Valmir on January 18th, so if you're interested, you can look it up. You certainly will, and um, I'll include some links to the previous piece, the, the, so the kind, piece as well, with, with the... Um, uh, podcast, but I wanted to ask you about that 
such a complex piece involving you know multimedia involving lots of collaborators did you have a clear idea when you started out of what it was going to be like when you put it all together or was it a case of kind of swimming in among it and and discovering when it only when it happened did you get the the satisfaction of it being as you wanted or did you get that sort of thrill of it being completely new well i am a type of a person who enjoys process uh, even more than result at certain points of course i like quality result but uh, i like uh, unexpected things to happen if everything would be predestined as uh, some people try to explain we are living our lives it would not be terribly interesting for me so i really enjoy that i did not know the outcome from the very beginning and uh, actually uh, I knew the result only uh, during the final rehearsals bef- before the concert and uh, it satisfied me greatly it enriched me greatly because yeah it it is a dangerous uh, thing if you combine audio video lights and too many aspects some might argue too many distractions probably music is not fully percepted to, uh, the videos are too distracting and you cannot listen uh, but i think in this instance uh, the videos complemented the audio quite well uh, well i'm not the person to speak but uh, for me as a listener i think it was quite enriching it, it, it was and i mean i it did sort of live up to the title in that it did promote meditation i i felt mm. you know it wasn't a light it wasn't a son lumiere show or something you know it, it was something that actually made you think about the architecture of the churches made you think about history made you think about uh, acoustics all all these things but in a quite i thought adult <laughs> way you know thank you you no no this was my idea that uh, people who might not necessarily like my music that much they could have a picture to watch and they could uh, drift off into their own thoughts i would not be insulted by such approach absolutely not because uh, well i'm not a banknote of 10 euros i don't expect myself to be liked from all the people it's not my life goal my life goal is to be honest to myself and uh, to be as diligent as humanely possible and also the aspect of childlike curiosity and the aspect of play, of game, is one I strive for, I search for, because it's one of uh, the most marvelous things uh, since my childhood which happened and is at certain times luckily and blissfully happening still. So yeah, uh, as long as I do not uh, harm anyone else, I'm about to play with uh, musical and cultural contexts and things, so on and so forth. Well, I think you should probably set some of Blake's songs for innocence and experience as well as a William Blake's? project. Yes, that seems to be. Give he seems to text. be thinking along similar lines. <laughs> oh yeah, I like William Blake more, like uh, more from uh, the Dead Man uh, movie by Jim Jarmusch, where I heard his poems first. Yeah, but he's a wonderful English poet. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining me in the pod today, Edgar's, particularly at such short notice. And we ad-libbed it quite nicely. We ad-libbed it quite nicely. We ranged over quite a few different subjects, the sort of things we usually talk about over a glass of wine or something. I'm sorry to the listeners if it seems a bit too chummy or anything, but hopefully uh, being chummy is what 
Yuletide is all about at this time of year. So yes, yes, we would sincerity. like to extend this uh, chumminess to all our listeners right. out there. No commercialization, just uh, <laughs> friendship among people and peoples. And on that note, I'll wrap things up, wishing a very cool Yule to all the uh, listeners out there, both of them. And um, I'll be back in the new year, most probably, unless there's an awful lot of complaints about this one, uh, with another Minutes from Latvia. Minutes from Latvia with Mike Collier. Produced by Renard Steymans for Latvian Public Media. Find out more at www.lsm.lv.